1: Welcome to another edition of On Mike with Jordan Rich, where conversation is alive and well with creative people who have a lot to say and a lot to offer. And when it comes to a brighter future for you in your retirement, we've got financial planner Aviva Sapers, who along with Andrew McDougall has written a book called Someday is Not a Day of the Week. Unlock your financial potential today. Aviva Sapers is the president and CEO of Sapers & Wallach, an employee benefits and financial services company in the Boston area. Thrilled to have her on board as we kick things off right here on Mike. Well, before we get into the detail of the book, which is so helpful and so important, there are wonderful quotes at the beginning, four of them, one from Abe Lincoln that says, you cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. There's a quote from Picasso and Tolkien. And Viva, you have one from an other worldly chap. You want to tell us who that is and what he said?
0: Yeah, Jedi Master Yoda. you got to make sure you, you bring in a little sci-fi into these things. So the quote is, do or do not. There is no try. I can't, use, <laughs> I can't mimic his voice, but that's, uh, that's what we
1: use. I do a good Yoda, but I'll, I'll save that for another time. The book is called Someday is Not a Day of the Week, which is a great, great title. Unlock your financial potential today. You're in the business of helping people with retirement and planning and all that. But so many people, uh, time flies by, and we don't think about it until it it's here, and that's what you're trying to help people avoid, isn't it?
0: Yes, a lot of people um, say, "Yeah, I'm going to get to it. I'll do my, I'll get my wills and trust done someday. know, t- I'll, I'll get there, or I'll start saving soon." But none of those are actual days of the week, and people don't, if they don't get started early then they try and catch up later on and find they may not be able to do as much as they hoped at that stage.
1: Yeah, well, so much of it is human psychology, isn't it? I mean, we want to not think about things too far in the future, especially things that involve the end of life, as you say, wills, trusts, estates, things like that.
0: Yeah, nobody wants to talk about dying, for sure. And retirement, if we're even if we're getting into our 60s, still feels like it should be a long ways away.
1: And technically, or uh, according to the the tables it is a long way away for so many people uh, many people now are working their working lives and spending more time in their life in retirement than they might have in their working world
0: it's true it's true, although the Social Security keeps pushing us a little bit older and
1: older. <laughs> Absolutely. What
0: used to be 65 is now up to 68, I believe, for the younger, youngsters today.
1: Yeah, well, they'll just have to deal with it. What can I say? So <laughs> let's talk about your mission here and what you hope to achieve with this book and the work you're doing. Uh, it's well laid out. It's easy to understand, but I'll have you describe your mission statement.
0: Us, we work with a lot of families to talk about their financial situation. And in many cases, it feels like we speak in a foreign language. Uh, you know, financial terminology, things like that, are, are we take for granted because we deal in it every day. But a lot of the folks that we work with, you have to explain the acronyms. You want to make sure you've gone into detail. And we kind of created this as a bit of a, a, an instigator to get you started, but also a resource guide. So if you wanted to look up something on long-term care, there's a chapter on long-term care, or social security, how does that work? So we tried to make it a tool and to, to, to give some people some introduction to the language of financial stuff that we often discuss mm-hmm. to make it easier to maybe want to get started and not keep pushing it down the road.
1: Well, you begin with the importance of planning in chapter one, and uh, that's self-evident, I would think, for most people. but. What do you say to folks when they've come in and want to read the book and want to chat with you about planning? I mean, uh, why is it so critical at any point?
0: Well, it's all about reaching goals and being able to afford retirement and dealing with the psychological concerns people have about running out of money uh, and how to budget, how to make sure they can accomplish their own nice retirement, but leave something for their kids. Uh, they may have family members who have health issues and they want to make sure that they take care of that and it doesn't bankrupt their savings. There's all sorts of different conversations. So you, we usually start by asking people what they're interested in, what their goals are, what was it about the book that, that brought them to want to set up a meeting and talk about things.
1: A lot of people are looking at the future and thinking only about the money and where the money's coming from, and we'll talk about that. But uh, it's also important to, to find out what people really want to do in their retirement. Do they want to travel? Do they want to spend more time with family? Do they want to start a second career, maybe volunteer? Are these the kinds of things that you want people to think about, and you'll, you'll prompt us with questions on that?
0: Absolutely. We talk in terms of retirement as the go-go years, the slow-go years and the no-go years, meaning what do you want to do just when you retire, when you still have your health and energy and want to go places? Then as you get a little bit older, maybe you slow down with the desire to travel or do these different things, and eventually you may have health issues that prohibit you from doing it. Mm-hmm. So you want to plan for all of those, and we want people to really enjoy their lives and think about what things they, they've been working all, all these years. What do they want to do when they can finally stop?
1: Oftentimes, people take their eye off the ball because they're so intent on making the money, they may not even know how much they've gathered. Do you find that to be the case, that people need to sort of take a survey and have some help in that area to find out exactly what they've earned?
0: Definitely. That's why we start off almost every wealth management engagement with a financial plan. I can't tell you how rewarding it is to be able to show people with some very conservative assumptions that they can afford to retire. Uh, at my dermatologist of years gone by, when I was a little kid and had eczema, uh, every year later on, it said, Aviva, can I afford to retire? And we'd run the numbers, and it was, no, not quite yet, just a little bit more. And then finally, he came in, and we had run the numbers, and sure enough, I was able to say, yeah, you can finally afford it. And he, he, The smile on his face was enormous, and he was so excited. And then we helped him figure out how to get money out each month so that he could uh, live off of the stuff that he had saved. It was wonderful.
1: Now, I would imagine people are always concerned about the economy, about stocks. We went through the pandemic, which was an economic disaster for so many people. But uh, in your world, if one has some options and plans in advance, one can get through almost anything with at least a satisfaction that they're going to be okay. Am I right about that?
0: Yes, you are, Jordan fact a lot of people don't understand how they work but annuities are a tool that a lot of folks look to to secure guaranteed income that you can never outlive and as long as their basic living expenses are covered by the income that can come out of an annuity regardless of what happens in the market the payments would be guaranteed and so this is often a tool that people learn about when they're looking at figuring out how to get to retirement and feel comfortable about Mm -hmm. what they have, no matter what goes on in the market.
1: Now, annuities, let's describe them a bit further. They're, They're an insurance product, correct?
0: Yeah, it's an insurance vehicle that has some tax advantages. You don't pay taxes on the earnings until you start taking money out down the road. Um, They also have some features that your average investment doesn't have, such as lifetime income that you cannot live when you turn on the income nozzle. It also, some of them have uh, the ability that if the market goes up and you're tying it to market performance or an index like the S&P, where if the market goes up, you get some of the upside up to a cap, but if the market goes down, you don't lose anything. And for people who are nearing retirement, they love the fact that if the market goes down, they're not going to lose their assets. So there are certain types of these vehicles specifically designed for income, some of them specifically designed for protection of the principal, and a few other things. They're, They're pretty neat.
1: It's so true that people who start saving young... And we're now addressing the younger audience, maybe 20s, 30s, 40s. When you start saving young, uh, compounding your income, compounding your savings, it's amazing when you end up retiring with all this money that you just put away bit by bit. What are some of the best ways to do that in terms of vehicles? I
0: talked talk to a lot of youngsters about maxing out what they can put into their 401K plans through work if they work at a place that offers one or if it's a nonprofit, a 403B. But if they're not, then they can start saving their own IRAs. Um, and we do show them some examples of the compounding interest you were just describing. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone started saving at age 22 and saved 2,000 a year until they were 32, they would have more money in retirement, assuming it could earn eight percent than the person who gets to 32 starts saving to 65.
1: That's impressive. Just
0: because they've had that many more years to go. Of course, yeah, it's crazy. of course,
1: it is crazy. When, when you lay it out like that, it's like why wouldn't you do that? I mean, it's just a it's a no brainer if you can afford to do that uh, every month. Um, let's talk a little bit about taxes because, as we know, uh, it's it's death and taxes that are certainties in life, and uh, you've got uh, tax cuts that happen in one administration that are going to run out in another administration or in another time. So that's why I would imagine planning is so critical, because you can play the tax game, you know, pay your fair share, but not overpay. Describe your your strategies in general on that particular issue.
0: So there's really two taxes. There are income taxes and there are estate taxes. In the income tax front, a lot of times we look at Roth savings as a way to avoid taxes down the road. You might have to pay taxes up front, But when you retire, you can pull money out Mm tax-free. And and there are people who make too much money to do their own Roth IRA, but sometimes there are Roth features within a 401k plan which look and smell and feel the same. Mm -hmm. The estate tax front you mentioned, very interesting happening. Under the Trump administration, they raised the uh, amount you could leave to your kids such that you can now leave uh, about $23 million as a couple to the next generation. And there aren't many people that even are worth $23 million. But if you are, mm-hmm. you may want to take advantage of this and get it done before the end of 2025 because it's going to sunset back down the, as a couple to somewhere, we think, around 10 to $14 million, which means that's 6 million that $6 that was going to be taxed. Um, so from a federal standpoint, they talk about the death tax, which is great marketing, I might add. <laughs> yes. um, very few people actually ever have to pay the death tax. Uh, but uh, from a state level, you oftentimes have an estate tax at, in a given state that you're in. There are some states that don't have estate taxes, but Massachusetts, which is where we are, does have an estate tax. They give you an exemption, which they just raised from $1 million to $2 million but it's nowhere near the $23 million that is set up at the federal level. We, so taxes can, if you, yeah. depending on what you're trying to do, charitable giving can avoid the taxes, good planning can avoid the taxes, and good investment vehicles.
1: Look, we talked earlier about Social Security. That's a huge portion of this issue, no question. Are people telling you that they're concerned about the future of Social Security with all the media reports saying you know, the lockbox is not that secure, and we only have enough to get through 2030 or 2035. And what, what's your take on the whole Social Security question?
0: I, we get that a lot. A lot of people are concerned that by the time they retire, there won't be any money left in Social Security because the government has dipped into that pool for other expenses. Having said that, as long as there are more people entering the workforce and they're having Social Security withheld from their earnings – there should still be a pool to fund people getting into retirement. Mm-hmm. Can't guarantee it, but mathematically, unless we have a generation that's significantly smaller than the current retiring one, um, it should still sustain itself.
1: Talking with Aviva Sapers, who along with Andrew McDougall has the author of Someday is Not a Day of the Week, Unlock Your Financial Potential Today. And we're talking about uh, just some of the issues in very general terms, but the book explores so many of these things and breaks it down in very easy to understand language. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the estate planning stuff again, because everyone, in a sense, has an estate. People think, oh, estate planning, I have to be, you know, Jed Clampett uh, living in Beverly Hills to have an estate. But uh, it's true that everyone who has any assets has an estate that can be uh, taken care of the proper way with an attorney. Tell us about it.
0: You're, you're absolutely right, Jordan. When people own a home, a vehicle, if they rent an apartment and they have stuff in it, if they have retirement accounts and or um, other investment accounts, they have some sort of estate. It doesn't matter the size. It just matters that they plan for it. If you have a child, you you want to have somebody make sure that the kid is taken care of if you go down in a plane crash and that there's some funds and a trustee or someone who's going to manage the money for your three-year-old because the three-year-old's not going to be the investor hmm. maybe by the time they're six if they're one uh-huh. of those whiz kids right. um, but but they, they need somebody who's going to be set up as a trustee or who's even going to raise them so documents like wills and trusts will help determine a guardian that's who's going to actually raise your kid uh, a, a trust which is where the monies go, and someone else, if that person who's the guardian isn't financially astute, you might choose somebody else to manage their financial stuff over the years to make sure your kids are are taken care of and have a house over their head. If you have a spouse who's loving and caring but doesn't have any financial uh, background, you may want to bring in someone else to help handle the monies. So wills and trusts and creating a state plan of what's going to happen are important. If you don't have any of these documents, the the state comes in and says, okay, 50% to the spouse, 50% to the kids. Well, that may work. It may not work. And the person who's raising them may not be the person you want. The person who's handling the finances may not be the person you want. So wills and trusts and estate plans help you just make sure you take care of the the what-if, the, the what happened in a, in a totally unprepared mm. situation where someone got ill or someone went down in a plane crash or whatever it might
1: be. Right. Makes perfect sense. You have one interesting chapter that uh, probably wouldn't have made a book like this 25 years ago, and that's Women Retire Too. Not 2-T-O, <laughs> not T-O, but T-O-O also. Talk a little bit about that chapter and why you decided to include it.
0: Now, I do a lot of educating of women. I think that Women need to be empowered to speak the language. There's still uh, a bunch of people out there when we talk to them about their financial matters. It's the husband who makes the meeting and sometimes their spouse or wife does not show up, or if it's a couple of women, either way. They they may not be focusing on financial matters or even understanding all of the different tools and and techniques that are out there. And so we want to make sure since women tend to live longer than their spouses, uh, that they have thought through things like long-term illness, long-term care, whether they, if they're going to live longer, do they have enough saving for retirement? Uh, What do they want to depend on? And we want to make sure that they understand the language. Uh, We don't want it to go over their head. We don't want them not to participate in those conversations. So we want to make sure that we address that and that we are very eager to educate and make sure that women... Can take care of
1: themselves. And your business, Sapers Wallach, which is located in the Boston area, is a, a, a woman led business, and uh, you not only walk the walk, you talk the talk, and all that.
0: It's true. Third generation. We just passed our 90th year in business.
1: Wow. Congratulations. So let's review and summarize the importance here in the title, Someday is Not a Day of the Week. Unlock your financial potential today. It's never too late to start, but don't procrastinate. Get it done, get it over with. Uh, begin the process anyway. Your your message is pretty clear on that I guess.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Oftentimes I'll use the example if you own a home and you want to redo a bathroom, you don't just redo it once. You just you may decide right now this is these are the fixtures you can afford, this is what it needs. And you hire an architect or a builder and you replace the the fixtures and the finishes, et cetera. It's no different with your own planning. You do what you can do today, and things are going to change. You get married. You get divorced. You have kids. You retire. There's all kinds of life events that that change things, and at each of those junctures, it's a good time to review your plan. But if you don't start somewhere, you'll have nothing to go back and review
1: and tweak. A very good guide, then, is this book. I I found it very easy to understand, and I'm one of those guys who has an acronym deficiency, so thank you. (laughs) Thank you for doing it, and congratulations on the success of your own business, but it's great to have a book that helps people on any platform called Someday is Not a Day of the Week. Aviva, great to chat with you, and uh, good luck and much success in the future. Thanks, Jordan. Once again, the book, Someday is Not a Day of the Week, Unlock Your Financial Potential Today by Aviva Sapers and Andrew McDougall. And find out more about Aviva's company, go to sapers-wallack.com. That's S-A-P-E-R-S dash or hyphen wallack, W-A-L-L-A-C-K.com. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Find out more at my website, jordanrich.com. Until next time, as always, remember to be well so you can do good. Take care.